and welcome to the Energetic Principles Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa LaFera, an astrologer, tarot consultant, and all-around creative from sunny San Diego, California. And this is the 32nd episode of the podcast for the week of December 10th, 2018. So let's break it down a bit. Here's what to expect. The goal is to help guide and prepare you for the utmost awareness of the energy in the moment. For if you use the energy consciously, it has a better chance of working for you. I'll kick off the show with a weekly astro report, along with a few tarot polls and our animal ambassador of the week. Then a guest will join me in conversation around a chosen topic. And this week, I'm so happy to welcome back one of my dearest friends, podcaster, writer, and creator, Rachel Michelle Fernandez, to join me on the podcast in a discussion on creating life purpose. So before we get started here, please remember As always, take what resonates and leave the rest, because only you know you best. So thank you so much for joining me today, and if you'd like to show appreciation for my work and get early access on Sunday for only $1 per month, you can do so on Patreon at patreon.com backslash energetic principles. So let's get down to this week's Astro Report. Our lunar lady starts out the week in the productive Earth sign of Capricorn, yet moves into the airy social realm of Aquarius around Monday, midday. She is growing in light as we wax forward in the sign of the water bearer for earlier part of the week, until she glides into the watery depths of Pisces on Thursday. She remains in the sign of the fishes as she heads towards her first quarter moon position in Pisces on Saturday. Not long after, our lunar lady will gallop into the fiery go get of Aries, and where she will remain for the rest of the weekend. So just a quick heads up, all time approximations are for North America, so if you live in Europe, at about 8 hours, and if you're in Australia or the East, at about 17 hours, or basically the following day. And keep in mind that timing isn't always precise, as astrological transits, otherwise known as the connections that planets make to one another, have varied emphasis as they apply and separate. So it's quite possible to feel the energy sooner or later than the exact moment of contact. Well, this week we are moving forward off of the growth-oriented new moon in Sagittarius, and we have a lighter week of transits in store. A first quarter moon in Pisces will likely push us emotionally off of an intuitive hunch, and Venus will meet Saturn the same day as Mars meets Pluto, both in opportunistic formations. We are changing and solidifying in tangible yet positive ways. So let's not waste any time and dive right in. On Monday, we start out the week with the moon in Capricorn, and she will move into Aquarius around mm, about middle afternoon here on the Pacific coast. And uh, during the day, she'll make a sextile to Mercury and then a square to Uranus. And so we don't have any transits going on that day other than our moon action. And so the bottom line for Monday is is that we have a two-part day, as most of the day is spent in the get-your-ducks-in-a-row energy of Capricorn, with the night providing the freedom to detach in the airy social space of Aquarius. 
With a sextile from Mercury chiming in, there may be transactions or business deals going on. And if you need to reach out to someone to attend to some business, this is a great day to do so. Our mind is working well and we can judge what we encounter with a keen investigative eye. We are likely to maybe feel a little restlessness or there could be some disruption midday when Uranus makes a square to the moon. So don't get too set in your way of how the day is going to go. Luna then moves into Aquarius, reinforcing the unexpected, but also giving us the possibility of new perspective. Now, on Tuesday, the moon is uh, fully in Aquarius, and she will make a square to Venus and then a sextile to Jupiter. And so, once again, we only have lunar transits going on that day. So the bottom line for Tuesday is, is that there's a social and connective vibe in the air with the moon cruising along in Aquarius. We may have woken up on the grumpy side of the bed with a square to Venus early in the morning, yet the day has the promise of being in a bright and jovial mood once we get rolling. We are gaining insight as we reflect intellectually on the inside and then wax our ideas to others on the outside, making this a friendly and potentially talkative day. Mercury is sitting at the 29th degree of uh, Scorpio for both Monday and Tuesday, so a changing of our perspective is likely taking place. Or perhaps it's more the maintaining of the changed perspective, detaching enough not to be tempted back to the old way of thinking. This day may seem a little different than others, yet in a positive way. Now, on Wednesday, the moon is still in Aquarius for the whole of the day, um, and she will only make a sextile to the sun. Uh, But also of note, we have Mercury that is moving back into Sagittarius on Wednesday. And so Mercury is back in the sign of the archer, and we go from the laser focus of Scorpio back into the expansive big picture view of Sagittarius. Our minds are returning to the whole of the journey rather than the parts, as Mercury makes its way to the last conjunction with Jupiter, which will happen on the winter solstice right before our upcoming full moon. So we are steadily sealing the mental deal for our forward-moving philosophy and becoming inspired by what is next on the horizon. Mercury will be in Sagittarius until January 4th. And so the bottom line for Wednesday is we are feeling quite good today as Luna makes an early day sextile to the sun and we are gaining even more inspiration and perspective around where the future is headed. We are entertaining ideas around what is to come and may desire a little freedom during the day to do what we feel like doing. This would be a great day to connect with our friends and society in general as we are embracing what is new and exciting and are ready to air that excitement out with others. Now, on Thursday, the moon is in Pisces, um, and she's doing all types of things. She's going to make a very early sextile to Uranus, a square to Mercury, a trine to Venus, a square to Jupiter, and then a sextile to Saturn. So the moon is getting around on Thursday. Um, And also, no, we have the Geminids meteor showers that will be going on. And so just uh, a quick little uh, something on the meteor shower, if you are in a position to go check it out. So basically, the shower peaks the night of December 13th and 14th, and the best time to view um, the meteors would be around 2 a.m. local time, but you can see them as early as maybe 9 or 10 p.m. And you don't necessarily need a telescope or or binoculars to go check it out. 
And so just a little tidbits about the Geminid meteor shower. Um, it's nearly 200 years old, according to the known records of people tracking this thing, uh, as it was first um, recorded in observation back in 1833 from a riverboat on the Mississippi River. Can you imagine that? They're probably like, what? What is, what is that? The world's ending. No, just kidding. <laughs> um, and so it's been going on ever since then, though, since that person noticed it. And every year, I guess it's growing stronger and stronger. Um, and that's because Jupiter's gravity has tugged the stream of particles from the shower source, uh, which is the asteroid uh, 3200 Phaethon, I think is how you say it, um, which has moved closer to the Earth over the centuries. And so the, the Geminids, uh, with their name, appear to emanate from the bright constellation Gemini, our twins there. And so to find Gemini in the northern hemisphere, you're going to want to look in the southwestern sky for the constellation Orion, which is easy to spot by the three stars in the hunter's belt. So then look, uh, so look just up and then to the left of Orion to see Gemini, uh, which will be high in the southwestern sky. And in the southern hemisphere, uh, the Gemini appears to the lower right of Orion, and both will hang in the northwestern sky. So it's a little reverse there. And so although the meteors will appear to stream away from Gemini, they can appear all across the sky. So for best results while viewing, you should look slightly away from Gemini so that you can see meteors with the longer tails streak by. Because um, staring directly at Gemini will just show you meteors that don't necessarily travel very far. So if you want to get those really long and beautiful tails, you're going to want to divert your eyes just a little bit. So I thought that was pretty cool, and I don't know if I'll be able to uh, view them myself, but I wanted to pass that on to those of you who are in the position to do so. So the bottom line for Thursday is, other than this fabulous meteor shower going on, uh, is that energy shifts as Luna is now in the watery, sensitive realm of Pisces, and we start out the day with a potentially confusing square to Mercury. Our reasoning process may not be what it normally is, and we are likely to be a bit nervous or excitable in some way. So watch for jumping to emotional conclusions, as all the pieces of the puzzle may not necessarily be in. In the evening, we are flowing towards harmony and pushing for growth within our emotional relations. This may set up the vibe for the Venus-Saturn transit I'm about to talk about, so take note. <laughs> um, but also, when Venus and Jupiter are working simultaneously, because we have that trine to Venus and the square to Jupiter uh, from the moon in Pisces, we want to watch the possibility for overconsumption of anything, really. Food, alcohol, uh, Netflix, you name it. Because <laughs> we could easily surpass our limits in some way. So just a heads up for Thursday night. Don't overdo it. All right, so Friday, the moon is still in Pisces, and she will make a conjunction to Neptune, a conjunction to Mars, and then a sextile to Pluto. So once again, no uh, aspects other than lunar aspects happening. And so the bottom line for Friday is, is that we are likely to feel first quarter brewing on this day, uh, because first quarter happens so early tomorrow morning. Um especially since Luna will be meeting both Neptune and Mars in conjunction. And both planets played into the signature of our most recent new moon. So we may feel a little bit out of it, either in kind of a spacey realm or in a not much energy to go around type of vibe, or possibly both. 
Uh, yet the imagination is kicked up and we can feel motivated by what we are intuiting at this time. So go with the flow and receive what is coming in as there is the potential that could lead to more productive and emotional changes um, once Luna meets Pluto uh, in an opportunistic sextile that will happen later in the day. So leave that intuition open and kind of let the, let, let the space come in and see what you uh, can intuit from it. Now, on Saturday, uh, we have our first quarter moon in Pisces, uh, and then the moon will move into Aries. Um, here, actually, at 4.44 p.m. here on the Pacific Coast, we'll get to Aries, uh, if you're a number person like myself. And then along the way is uh, basically the square to the sun, which will happen at 3.49 a.m. here um, on the on. PST time. So this, it's really early, and that's why I say that it's going to be mostly felt probably on Friday, this kind of first quarter moon push. So we'll have that square to the sun super early on, and then uh, once the moon moves into Aries, uh, it will move to a trine with Mercury. So let's talk about that first quarter moon first, which will be happening at 23 degrees and 27 minutes of Pisces. And so our first quarter moon phase always pushes us into action by bringing events or tensions our way that get the monthly lunar party rolling. We are likely to have an intuition or a hunch that moves us forward. So trust whatever gut feelings arise at this time, for you are truly onto something. Our creativity is high, and we are likely to feel emotionally inspired to move forward, as if spirit is pulling us in a direction, and we need only to open up to the wisdom in order to gain the valuable insights it holds. There will probably be a sensitivity in the air, and we may ping-pong from inspired to discouraged, so just go with the flow and have faith in what you are now sensing. And so the bottom line for Saturday is, is that this day will likely feel like another two-part day, uh, with the first quarter moon happening, um, with many of us will be sleeping when it happens here in America. So we may wake up with a kind of a bit of a relaxed and dreamy vibe in the air. So go with the flow for much of the day, for when the moon moves into Aries later on, we will feel the fire alight and the energy will trickle back into our veins. This can be an active night for socializing as Luna meets Mercury in an energetic trine that gets the conversation and the enthusiasm started. Taking the initiative to do something new and fun can be just what the doctor ordered. It is Saturday night after all. Now on Sunday, we have the moon in Aries and she will make a trine to Jupiter and a square to Saturn. And so our, our only uh, planetary aspects going on this week, other than our luminary action, is on Sunday, Venus will make a sextile to Saturn and Mars will make a sextile to Pluto. So let's break that down. Uh, so Venus, Venus sextiling Saturn. Well, what is Venus? Venus is uh, where we open up to things, uh, where we find worth in things, our relationships, how we relate to other people, how we uh, open up to balance and harmony in our lives. And sextiles are uh, create they create opportunities, little pockets of um, uh, opportunity where we can kind of open the door to something if we're willing to take the action and and move towards it. It's not a guarantee. It doesn't flow like the trine, but rather it opens a door and we must walk through it. And so, what door are we walking through? 
Well, we're uh, walking through Saturn. And Saturn is about uh, the long term, about um, pulling back and constricting in some way or setting a framework around um, and kind of looking at that, you know, what, how real is this? Is there a reality component to Saturn? And so this is not Venus's first rodeo with Saturn, as this aspect has been playing out since September due to the Venus retrograde period that we were just in. The initial transit took place on September 12th, with the retrograde version perfecting on October 24th, which happened to play into the signature of the full moon in Taurus that took place on that same day. So you can look back to both of these time periods for clues into this transit, basically, and how it will kind of resolve. So between the Venus retrograde cycle we just experienced and this bringing down to Earth and strengthening aspect that Saturn brings, we have likely been involved in a ping-pong dance with our partnerships and whether our current situations support a long-term trajectory. Relationships, particularly intimate ones, can be hard work, and it's key to be on the same page in order to move forward in a solid and realistic manner. So with this sextile, we have the opportunity to create this foundation and secure it more firmly towards the practical goals of the future. We've had quite some time to assess what we want to open up to in life and what our current values look like. So when Venus stationed in Libra, we got a sense of what is fair or unfair in our relationships, along with the desire um, to invite more harmony into our lives. So now that Venus is back in Scorpio and making the sextile, we can kind of make those hard calls and those cuts. So you may find relationships will either kind of double down for the future now, or you may take the opportunity to get real and make the necessary changes that facilitate both parties' desires. Um, And that will look different for everyone. So now paired with that Venus uh, Saturn aspect, we also have Mars making a sextile to Pluto. So once again, we have another opportunity or a door that is opening up. Um, and so Mars, Mars is our drive, how we, what we're going after, where we're focusing our action. It can be where we kind of take assertion in our life. And it can deal with male figures as well. Um, and... Pluto, our good friend Pluto here, Pluto taps into our instinctual emotions um, and provides uh, situations that set up great change in our life because it has a purifying force to basically get rid of anything that is not serving uh, the, 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 the journey forward. So now I believe that this transit is perfectly timed with the Venus-Saturn aspect I just mentioned, for Venus is currently disposed by Mars uh, since she is in Scorpio. And Pluto brings that regenerative process, and Mars gives us the momentum to move towards that purification. So changes in our course or our objectives or our motivations can open the door to a favorable, more honest place than we were prior. So if you were thinking of changing things up in whatever fashion that speaks to you, now is the time to do so. Just be kind to others in the process and show compassion where needed. And because both of these aspects are coming down to Jupiter and Saturn as the final dispositors, there is a sense of contraction that is needed in order to expand for the long term. So consider consolidation as the key to moving forward at this time. 
So the bottom line for Sunday is that we are cleaning up our lives for the future this weekend, and the continued blaze of the Aries moon will have us desiring personal change and progress. We are likely to feel fired up as Luna meets Jupiter early on in the day, and we are feeling inspired for our next adventure, since it is Aries, you know, after all. Um, Energy is going to be flowing with with Aries uh, coming in on Sunday. So be ready to begin on the new. We'll probably want to start new things at this time, or at least be motivated for what's next. Yet we may be skewed by our own personal uh, directive since Aries is kind of about me, me, me. So watch for being too self-serving within it all, particularly when Saturn squares only a few hours later. Um, So we're going to expand and then have to contract real quick. Um, So obstacles or duties can kind of get in our way with that square to Saturn. So just pick the low-hanging fruit and have patience. Um, Well, as much patience as an Aries moon will allow. So just be okay aware that Saturn will put will give you the hand on Sunday. <laughs> all right, so to wrap it all up, I think this week has a lot of potential to it as far as getting our feet set in the right direction. We will be able to flop Mercury is still stationing as I record this. We will be able to follow the hunches of our intuition. So take the opportunity to secure and solidify what holds value while also regenerating our motivations for what is next. So now let's take a look at the cards because they always add a little something special to the week. Uh, And especially this week because I drew the Ten of Cups as the focus and the Queen of Cups as the grounding. And with the Ten of Cups as the focus, we are in line for a happy outcome this week as a rainbow is now shining upon us and giving a sense of satisfaction, particularly in the emotional realm. I find that this card really bodes well with Venus uh, making that sextile to Saturn that I mentioned earlier, because this card can represent those lasting unions that bless us with the stability and contentment we all need in life. So I don't know about you, but I am quite happy to welcome in this card for this week. Now, with the Queen of Cups as the grounding, this also reinforces the emotional tone of the week around nurturing harmony and peace in our lives. We have the feeling that everything is going to work out while also having compassion for ourselves and the people that are in our lives. She is quite a creative woman as well, so if you feel inclined to express yourself this week through art, music, poetry, writing, you know, whatever is your creative expression, chances are you would find immense satisfaction in the process. So this can be a very creative week, um, whether you are an actively creative person or not. So last but certainly not least, this show is brought to you by this week's animal ambassador, the bear. Our adorable cave dweller is waking up this week from his hibernation. We have been sleeping for some time within all these retrogrades, and even though winter is literally about to begin, our dear spirit bear is stirring from its slumber and ready to move into the freshness of what the next season has to offer. Chances are we will all feel, you know, we are waking up in some respect to what is the next direction of our personal transformations. So align with bear energy this week and see where the light takes you. Stand your ground for what is next and be prepared to grow and strengthen in the process. 
Now, if you'd like to go deeper with the energy of the week and how it'll interact with you personally, I encourage you to check out my tarot subscription on Patreon. So basically, I just create a tarot spread with uh questions that you get to pull the cards for. Um, And then it helps, and it's paired with the podcast. So it basically takes all these things I'm talking about uh, and then allows you to pull a card to kind of get a personal take on it. Um, And so last week we worked on dreaming big. And this week we are going to be working on passion and purpose, which is definitely uh, in line with this week and in line with the, the guest segment I'm about to do here as well. So if you want to find out more about the tarot subscription uh, as it's uh, an inexpensive and fun way to support this podcast, you can find out more, uh, including a freebie spread, at patreon.com backslash energetic principles. Okay, now let's meet our guest. All right, I'm so happy to welcome my special guest for this week, Rachel Fernandez. Thank you so much for being here. Hey, it's my pleasure. <laughs> and Rachel, uh, Rachel and I have been friends for a very long time. And if you have been listening since day one, I think she was on the third episode of the podcast where we were talking about something. <laughs> and something similar. Yeah, maybe. We'll see. Maybe. Uh, oh, creative blocks. That's interesting. So whenever creativity or creative whatever comes into the view, uh, I'm looking to Rachel. <laughs> so, <laughs> so before we get started here, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh, that's a hard one. Yeah, sum it up. Sum it up, Gemini Moon. <laughs> okay, okay. Where to start? Okay, I'm a... Uh, journalist, writer, mm-hmm. writer. I think, okay, since we're going to be talking about Purpose Day, am I doing a spoiler right now? Uh, spoiler alert, we're talking about purpose. I have really been confronting that, and I realized that I'm a writer. That's what it is. I, I thought, oh, filmmaker, all these other things, which I enjoy doing, but I keep coming back over and over again to the self, uh, what is the word, uh, the masochistic uh, uh, tendency to to realize that I have to sit down and write. Mm. Yeah. Yes. And Rachel wears many hats over over time. You've been a filmmaker. You've been a producer. Yes. Uh, Film and TV. I produced two feature films. I worked on. A, I was an assistant to the producers of a documentary about the Chelsea Hotel, directed by one of my heroes, Abel Ferrara. If you like weird subversive films, watch his stuff. Uh, so that was pretty cool. And. Uh, yeah, lived in New York for 11 years. I've done catering, restaurant work. I've cleaned houses, walked dogs. Um, and now I'm thinking about going to grad school mm. so I can refine my crap. Refine. Well, no, actually, you know, I like refined. that, though. Yeah, that was yeah, a Freudian slip. That was a Freudian slip and a good one so at that. I was that. say refine my crap, but <laughs> refined my crap. Well, yes. I always have been ready yet. Ever since I was really young, I always wrote. That's I, that was my outlet because mm. it's free, basically. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just the pen and paper, which yeah. does cost a little bit of money, but um, pretty cheap. And you can do it alone, which I hate being alone. But when I am alone, it's nice to be able to conversate with myself in a way that's productive. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I'm good at it. It's something that I can. You know, when I'm writing, I have a chance to kind of edit myself a little bit more and really get my message out more clearly than if I just was to, you know, be be randomly talking to people, strangers, which I'm good at, too. And I like that, too. But I, I like the chance to kind of say, 
to myself, what do I really want to say? What's at the heart of what I want to say? Mm. Or, or say that to myself and then go, um, how do I cloak this and make it a mystery so that people have to kind of like follow along and then find what I'm having to say rather than just saying it right out. Yeah. So it's, well, it's fun. It's a game. And I mean, you're a perfect example of the Gemini moon because I think you'll never fully find what you want to say because that changes all the time. And that's the beauty of it. It's like being, you know, inspired by new ideas and new perspectives and then, you know, going one route to go this route and then to go this route next. And that's the beauty of ideas and just Gemini in general, because it's that creation of knowledge. It's like the idea from its you know, formulated start. Yeah. And so that, that makes a lot of sense. So just through the practice. Um, and I like, OK, so what our topic is anyways, before we get into <laughs> talking about here um well i i I deeming the segment creating life purpose and i know that is a loaded loaded uh title um but we're gonna break that down a little bit and what that might look like um and have it seem less daunting than it actually is um and that is big it is big like that almost goes if you want to make it super big you could be like what's the meaning of life (laughs) you know people people say that all the time, like, you know, that's kind of like the existential question. Why yeah. are we here? Why well, that's we the different? next episode, Rachel. That's the next episode. <laughs> Just kidding. Um. <laughs> no, but it's, it's important what you said, like, we, you know, to, to kind of bring yourself back down to earth because it's really easy to get lost in big ideas, so... Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and being, uh, you know, someone that works with people one-on-one, I get asked that a lot. It's like, what do you want to concentrate on? And it, and some, a lot of times that does come back to my purpose. Um, and you know, as a practitioner, that's not something I can really tell someone, but there's ways to help you find out what that might be. And all the secrets are held within you. Um, but we get, we get each other to bounce that off of, and that's a valuable thing. But I liked how, when you were talking about writing, uh, you brought up right away, um, how you've been doing it for so long. It was like something that you would do as a child. And I, I'm just going to plant this seed, and I think we should talk about it later because I want to set it up in a certain way. But there is something to be said about what we do when we're young mm. before we've had, like, all this, you know, layers of outside influence and, like, things that come our way, like those initial impulses of what we like to do, mm. right? Yeah. Yeah. It's... Sometimes we forget that. Sometimes I forget that. Maybe I'm saying that for myself right now. <laughs> no, it's true. I mean, I, I think I just, I, I saw a meme about that recently that I reposted to my my podcast page. Oh, that's when you're yes. asking to introduce myself. I would like to hear it in yes. the self-promotion. No, I, I, uh, I'm, I'm also hosting my own podcast series called Psychic Rehab, where I'm taking a look at mental health and um, besides traditional ways of treating of treatment, you know, therapy, medication, meditation, those kinds of things. What are ways that people find themselves or, and, and purpose is a huge one. Is it's a finding a sense of purpose or as my therapist used to say, creating a life worth living mm. it is really big for for just motivating to get out of funks or get out of bed in the morning. Um, so I'm I was really glad when you brought up this topic or said that this is what you wanted to discuss because it's something that I'm really focusing on right now while I'm kind of battling some of my own mental health issues um, and, and working on this project. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I mean, the title of the segment could easily be creating a life worth living because that's, it's, 
Yes, there's so many points that we're going to get into here that are along those lines. And actually, that's probably a better way of saying it, to be honest. <laughs> so we're going to we're going to plant that seed as well. But before we get into it, like when I started researching how I wanted to kind of set this segment up, I, I thought, what is what is purpose? What does that mean? That seems like such a loaded word. <laughs> I also just realized um, that your that your coffee cup is a library card. Yes. Template, which I think is. It's it's pretty cute. Yes. The librarian (laughs) in me. Yes. Yes. Um, You're part of your purpose. You're part of my purpose. Uh, Well, and especially since we're in Sagittarius season, and uh, Rachel and I are actually recording this as on the day of the new moon as Mercury Stations Direct. So we're hoping that uh, this goes well and uh, (laughs) everything is. Yes. I I I researched it a little bit. Yes. It's It's a good new moon for you. I feel like I can literally hear a page, a page turning. Like, and I think a lot of people are at that very point with different areas of our lives, but we're all there. We sent something that big is coming. It's not quite here yet, but the page has turned and now we're setting up what that is to be. And so that's kind of why I thought about this this week, because it's like if we are in this transitional, uh, larger momentum type of stage, uh, it'd be good to know or at least to try to uh, hone in where, where we're going. And that's why it's creating life purpose, because I don't think it's necessarily something you find. It's something you cultivate and then you motivate yourself towards. But purpose, what does that mean? Well, purpose as a noun is something set up as an object or an end to be attained. So we have key words such as intention, resolution, determination. Um, And I thought that was interesting, intention, because that... Having intention, I mean, that's not something you necessarily find. Like, you're cultivating that, right? I mean, what do you think about that, Rachel? Something set up as an object or an end to be attained. It's much like a goal, right? Yeah, yeah. If you think about it, you're like, if you wake up in the morning and you think, I'm going to do, yeah, I'm going to do something on purpose, right? Mm. How about that? Not about, it doesn't have to be the morning, but if you just think to yourself at any point in the day, I'm going to do something, but not unconsciously. I'm going to consciously do something on purpose, right? Mm. Or if you're mad at something, you say, like, if they spill on you or something, you say, you did that on purpose, right? <laughs> like, yeah, you intended to do it. Yeah. So I do like that idea of, like, okay, a sense of purpose can be really small. Like, you could say, today, my, my you know, you could, you could say to yourself, yeah, today, my purpose is just cleaning my house or something. Like, that, and that's it, setting an intention for that, for the, just in that, in, in that day, you're going to accomplish that thing. And that can be enough purpose to get someone through a day. I think. Yeah. So to, to make it, instead of like, if you think about life purpose, right, that becomes like an overarching goal and that's going to change throughout our lives. And that can be very freaky and destabilizing for certain people when they don't fully know where they're going. It's like that feeling of being lost, right? Yeah. So kind of bringing it back down small and just say, okay, today my purpose is I'm alive and I have people that love me, so I'm going to call them. Mm. And I owe it to myself to get out and go for a walk and breathe fresh air and eat good, healthy food. Like, that could be your purpose for the day, just to have a purpose that moment that day. Yeah. Because so. it's it's pressure, the the overarching yeah. goal, you know, like, and and I like that point because we can find purpose in a lot of things. Um, 
And we don't need to focus. I mean, we're focusing on the big picture now because I think that's just the time of year where we're at and we have the Reflection. the energetic, uh, ener- the energetic energy <laughs> um, to basically... <laughs> We use that word um, to to focus on these types of things. But I think what you're saying is very key to not forget is that there's purpose in in every day, in every moment, even. Um, right. it, yeah. Well, also you mentioned something earlier. I think before we were recording, you were talking about like um, a need to get things done, right? Like a need to like survive. Okay. Mm. And there's. Um, there's something called the uh, the hierarchy of human needs. It's a uh, crap. I can't remember his first name, but the the the, uh, the scientist that talked about it is this this guy. His last name is Maslow. It's, uh, can you are you gonna edit this? Yeah. Well, no, I know <laughs> you're not. No. Oh God. I don't know. Look this up first. No. But, well, uh, that's and once again, Jamin. <laughs> Maslow's hierarchy of human needs. Yes, it'll get people there. Okay, thank you. And I'm embarrassed that I'm blinking out on this full name, but that's okay. Uh, it's like Roberto. Mello. I forget Mello. all the time, yeah. so they don't be embarrassed. Uh, anyway, uh, what the point of it though is is if you if you break it down and you think about you know why not why we're here on this planet, but just like when you wake up, if you have mouths to feed, if you're a, if you're a parent, right? You're you're probably going to be thinking like, are my kids okay? Before you even necessarily think of, are you okay? Right. And um, if you have mouths to feed, if you have, if you, you know, are, are running out of money and you can't pay your rent, like you're, that's going to drive you to go do what you need to do to make that money. And that, and that, or, or, or just put food on the table, mm-hmm. right? The, like the basic necessities, that's really hard for a lot of people in this world. So if you're in a place where you've kind of got some of that figured out for the time being, and that you're actually reflecting on like a higher purpose, the, the first thing you should do before you freak out is just to say thank you and be thankful that you're like not starving to death and that you're not like needing to go out and do something you don't want to do out of desperation, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So I think the goal in life is to kind of like, you know, in the in, in Maslow's hierarchy, it kind of seems sort of linear. Like you have to start with this and you have to start with this, then you go there, you know. And I think that modern psychologists are actually kind of reframing that because there's things like, human touch and like um just like the comfort of knowing that you're loved right that that are actually higher up on the pyramid but if you think about it like if you don't feel those things and you're then you become super depressed then you don't want to even do anything Mm -hmm. so you don't want to let people take their own lives because they feel so isolated or 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 miserable Mm -hmm. right so for me, I feel like the trick is to just kind of go, all right, I'm surviving. I need to survive, but also for what? Like what kind of like creating that life worth living that we're talking about that, creating that higher sense of purpose can really be motivating to go that extra step to not just be surviving or, you know, getting to the end of the day so you can collapse on the couch and eat popcorn and watch, you know, binge watch television shows, right? That is an excellent, excellent point because I think without these overarching goals, as you were putting it, and this bigger purpose, we can get lost in the mundane aspect of life. Um, and that's why it is a spiritual or soul purpose, because it's some that's a driving force that is giving meaning to each day on a bigger level. Like, because it can be very depressing to just go through the motions each day. And like you're saying at the end, oh, I made it through. Now I'm going to watch some TV, eat, you know, probably too much, and then go uh, do my day all over again. Right. Um, and that can go on for so 
so long, but then that's when the, the soullessness comes in because you feel like a, you're mechanized in some way. You're just a robot to life, and that can become very depressing. Right. Yeah. Well, and it's kind of like that thing. It's like, are you working to live? Or are you living to work? <laughs> right? And, I mean, I think it's a little bit of both, to be realistic, you know? Um, we're in a very kind of, like, intricately managed society, and there's a lot of expectations and pressure to, you know— earn a living in, in, in this way or that. And I think that what we're starting to see as like a lot of things have been breaking down. I mean, if you think about just what we've witnessed with the government, I mean, it's like, we're just seeing such just like blatant disrespect for democracy over and over again. I mean, just today I was listening to, um, this news story about what's going on in Wisconsin and they elected a democratic governor and now the current Republican governor is working with the state legislature to try to strip all this power away from the incoming governorship. Mm. And it's people are outraged. And uh, uh, Scott Walker, the governor, the current Republican governor, was just lighting the Christmas tree and there, he was booed off stage. <laughs> so, I mean, I think people are starting to realize like there's a real distrust, you know, in institutions because we're just seeing over and over again people just kind of like abusing their power or, you know, we have like a weird reality TV star as a president that just seems completely morally bankrupt to more than half of the population is just like, who's this fucking guy, you know? And, and so there's a lot of like distrust in the way things are supposed to go, Mm. you know? And, and, you know, even the, the slogan, this like make America great again slogan. It's like, if you really look back, you're like, when was it really great? Was it like, when we had slavery or the Jim Crow laws or when women couldn't vote, like when is your ideal, when we were like dropping bombs on the Japanese, like when is your, when is your period where it was great? Because I think that we're always evolving, you know? And I, and I think that there's a lot of ugly parts of our past as, as humans, as we've evolved. And, and to me, when I get excited about change or possibility, I think about, you know, the, the possibilities of like technology and innovation and smart <laughs> people working together to create peace and to provide for everybody so everybody can be happier and more free yeah. and less suffering in the world. Like any good Aquarian would. That's what Yes, like. this is, this is yeah. our Aquarius sun ideal. And I like to think yeah. that too. Um, right. but, but I mean, to go back to my point, what I was, what I, to tie it up, because mm-hmm. I seem like I went on a tangent there, but what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Tie that bow. I will tie the bow. I might tie it loosely so I could untie it. No, but, but, you know, I think it's important to realize, to, to stay mindful and awake, to, to not just be on a track. Because it's, very, because it's very easy and we're very encouraged in our society to be, like, committed to this is my destination. I'm going to get there no matter what. It's that rugged individualist capitalism that says, like, set your goal and get to it. You know, the means just, the end justifies the means, right? Mm -hmm. And that's really important to note because your purpose, your sense of purpose or your goal may change when you realize the obstacles or or when you realize the the cost of getting there. You may say, actually, I'm going to move to Mexico and try to like help with this humanitarian crisis. I'm just giving an example. Like there's things that you can do to radically change you could radically change your purpose just based on stopping and observing where you're at or being really unhappy in a job that you thought you might love. Like you could be going to work every day being like, I thought this is what I wanted, but really I feel completely empty inside. Yeah. So this isn't where I want to be. Yeah. So that's what I'm trying to say is like, it's important to, 
to realize that, yes, we need to survive. And yes, we need to, um, you know, have some comforts around us and, and be able to eat properly. And all those basic needs that we need to have met are very important. But the way in which you make that happen, that there's, there's decisions to be made there. Yeah. And I think that's really important to kind of be able to kind of telescope in and out of that, that sense of purpose can help bring you closer to living a life that you really feel good about. Like, uh, that's in line with your values. As yeah. Yes. Well, exactly. And that's because the purpose can morph throughout our lifetime. Like you're saying, like you think you want something or it seems like that's the route and then you do what you need to, to get there or perhaps an opportunity is even presented to you. And you're like, that seems like something I would like. I follow, follow that. And maybe, you know, but and you find yourself and you're like, this isn't really working for me, but it's paying the bills. It's doing this, it's doing that. But then it comes down to the idea of value. You know, how how value, how much value are you getting out of this experience every day in life? Is it worth your time and your energy? Because there's, there's, there's different ways to, to make money and to, you know, to take care of ourselves. And not everybody has those different options too. So there's different levels depending on who you are, of how wide of like flexible that range is. And, and that's part of our society and the what we live in and it can be unfair at times absolutely but i think that if we're always aligning with what we value if we fall out of value with something or it no longer is valuable to us no amount of money or is going to make that situation any better um and so we have to when we find ourselves in these transitional spots that's when we have to kind of reconnect with what it is we value so that we can point the compass north again. Um, And that can happen once in a lifetime. That can happen 20 million times in a lifetime. Like, it just depends on the purpose, you know, because some people there, they pop out, they're like two days old, they know what they want to do for the rest of their life. You know, you're like, they're like, their first word is, you know, uh, astronaut. (laughs) You're like, okay, well, I guess they know what they're doing. Um, And then there's people like, possibly myself and possibly yourself, where we're like a little bit more uh, almost experimental in our approach (laughs) to what's going to work. That's a really nice way to put it. Yes. Yeah. Well, and I think it's important to go back to what you said about thinking about what you did when you were a kid, right? Mm -hmm, Yes. And depending on what kind of childhood you had, I mean, I had kind of a rough upbringing, to be honest, but there were periods that were pretty good Mm -hmm. where things were stable And I wasn't really worried about adult things. So I think if you had those moments in your childhood where you were kind of a little bit more carefree, that's when you can kind of really look and go, okay, my needs were being taken care of. So I didn't have to worry about those things. So that's when I was able to kind of experiment more freely. Um, And then if you never were, if you were always in a stressful environment, then that can be part of your purpose too, is healing that, Mm. you know, and really looking at like, how can I feel good about myself and where I'm at? And, and maybe that's through serving other people too, or, or, or just, just the idea of just like, yeah, really going backwards and looking at, at, at how we were raised and how we grew up and not necessarily blaming all our problems on that, but just using it as a part of the, you know, something in the toolbox yes. to say, this is very much related to who I am now and thinking of how I found joy. Cause I feel like even if you were in a, very dire situation as a kid mm-hmm. there's still these kids have these this amazing way of carving out moments of joy mm. you can watch it when you see i i the last time that we had the a migrant caravan come to the border i i brought down a, a bunch of stuff and i i one of the things i bought was uh these giant sidewalk uh 
uh, chalk, mm -hmm. uh, like crayon type things. Yeah. Uh, sidewalk chalk. Duh. Anyway, <laughs> uh, but the kids were super jazzed because they were like, it was able to take their mind off of what was going on and around them. And they were all drawing and talking and playing. And then, the you know, the kids, it even kind of helped bring some of the parents out of their funk and, you know, the creativity going on that the kids were, you know, they're just so inclined to, to have at their disposal to use as a way to bring joy. I mean, that's just kids have that, you know, mm -hmm. it's really amazing to see that when, when, when people have absolutely nothing and they can still find joy in something simple, like, you know, chalk on a sidewalk, you know? So that's really humbling too. When you realize like that's inside of us all, we have that, like that never goes away. It just gets dampened. Like you said, by, the stresses of being an adult and, and caring for others and caring for ourselves. Yes, yes. And that that's challenging, especially for, like, I have a friend who might even be listening right now who has, you know, a couple kids. And that can take up a lot of your time, your energy, your patience, all that. And then it's like, what do I have left for myself mm -hmm. at the end of the day? Um, but we have to make that space for ourselves, too. And that's where... Okay, so if the, so if being an adult can be a little bit of a, a weight on ourselves sometimes, <laughs> because you know being an adult ultimately creates boundaries and structures we have to work within in order to keep this thing up that we've built. But at the same time, we have to architect our our boundaries and our structures and, and the framework within that so that we don't lose our motivation for, for being and that purpose. And we have to carve that space out and so say, put a boundary around it and being like, no, this is important. In order for me to be all that I can for you or you, you know, like yeah. this is just as important. And I think that is why we were talking about this earlier before we started recording the, the P and P, how purpose <laughs> the PP. <laughs> get, mm. Yes, let me tell you about this golden opportunity. <laughs> Just kidding. Shower me down no. with knowledge. <laughs> oh my god. Um, but purpose is most commonly paired with passion. Oh yes. Because what you're passionate about, you have to make space for that and to cultivate that. And that could be anything. Some people are passionate about, you know, like myself, like making music. Other people are passionate about making sure their closet is all arranged color-wise. You know, like these, there's different ways of looking at this. But I'd like to add a third piece. Yeah. I just realized. Um, uh, process. Mm. Because I, I'm, I'm the kind of person, I have tons of passion. I get, you see me. I get super worked up about <laughs> stuff all the time, you know? But when I get kind of down and lost is when I realize that I don't have a process for, for managing that passion mm. to make it into purpose. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Like that's kind of the missing Like If you have purpose and passion, that's great. But you also need to have like a methodology kind of for like making these things actualize and following through. Yes. Um, and well, and that comes down to motivation, which we'll get to here in a second. But within that passion though, like if we, if we pick your passion to write, Right. And so, right, right. right. Is that right? Um, so we know that passion right there. And we can instantly be able to pair that with the fact that you value that, right? 
You're passionate about it. You also value it. And you value it probably because you're passionate about it. And it, it drives the soul and gets your creative juices flowing. And it's a it's a therapeutic process, too. Because like you were saying, like you could sit down by yourself and even and, and write things out and get your thoughts on paper and, and all that. Um, so I think that that passion to do, because keep in mind, we're talking about purpose. So it's an intention or it's a goal or it's creating some type of end result. That could be a lifetime. <laughs> that could be 10 years. That could be two years. It could be 20 minutes if you have a lack of a time. <laughs> um, yes. But, you, I mean, does that make sense? You know where I'm going with this. I do. I mean, and I've been thinking about this a lot lately because, to be honest, I've been, you know, to go back to our first conversation when, when I was first on your podcast, like, I've been a little bit blocked again. Like, I have um, an outlet. I have some, a team of people that want to work with me on this project and everything's kind of in line to make this happen. I just have to sit down and actually focus and get the words together and out and, and make sense of all this information that I want to convey. And that's been really hard. Like I've been, I've been having a lot of trouble focusing. And I think that's because I just, I don't know. There's, it's almost like option paralysis. Mm, That's a thing too. Oh yes. It's a Gemini thing. Yeah. I get, yeah. I just have so many things I want to say and I have so many things that I want to do and accomplish and achieve that sometimes I actually just crumble and I just lay down. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it's ridiculous. It really is. And I think back to overwhelming. Yeah. And if if you think back though, in college when I I did really well in school, I always have been a very good student because I like the structure there. But I remember I would have like a paper due or something and the starting it, I would sometimes lay in my bed in my dorm room and stare at the computer and just cry because I didn't want to go and do it. And my roommate at the time would laugh at me. She's still one of my best friends. She would laugh and just be like, just start it. Like, even if it, even if it's not great, it's something and you're just going to, it's, it's like not going to be, you know, wasting your time just thinking about how horrible it's going to be. You'll, you'll know the mystery will be solved, you know? Yeah. Every time I have to take on a writing project, I just, it's like someone trying to get me to eat, you know, like spinach or something. Like when you're a kid, like forcing you to eat your vegetables. I'm just like, no, I don't want to. Which is so weird because like I'm saying, that's my passion and I feel Mm, like it's my purpose. But to be at odds with it like this is such a weird sensation. It's just like, I, and there's something about almost like once you commit it to paper or you commit it to audio or a production, it's, there's like a death involved too, or there's a permanence. And I think that's something I really struggle with. It's like, I love the creative act so much. I love ideas and I love like all these different possibilities, mm-hmm. but like when you commit to it, it's, it's like, it's so weighted. It's so weird. It's like, it's, it's, that's what you said. Like there yeah. it is. Well, you said it. yes. If well, it's not good, you <laughs> failed, you know? Yeah. Well, and I so. mean, if I'm going to liken that to astrology, because obviously I'm this, podcast is heavily astrology based yes. <laughs> like no, well your charts uh just i'm just gonna give the big three of rachel so you can, you can find this passion and purpose because she's a leo rising aquarius sun gemini moon right. so oh, here we see some fire and air right away you know they're creative the ideas are flowing but the one thing that uh rachel lacks in her chart is earth earth energy brings it down. It makes it permanent. It's here. It's here to stay. You know, it's tangible. It's real. It's the article you wrote. It's the podcast you recorded that is not changing once it happens. (laughs) And so I can see why that can be daunting for yourself because you live in a realm of, um, 
ideas and inspiration and passion. And that's, that's great. That's your focus. That's a strength of yours. But there is something weird when it's all, you know, because it can't morph. It's not adaptable at that point. It's like, I've said this, this is me. I got to own it. I got to, you know, I've done this. Um, And, and then it's in to relate to that because I do podcasts every week, right? I rarely listen to them. I don't go back and listen to them. I, I, I let it happen. Yeah. I hope that other people can gain value from it or get something from it um, and then just move on to the next one because I, I relate with you on that. Like, I'll go back and listen to myself and be like, oh, did I say that? What was I thinking? That can be construed like this, you know? And, like, it's, right. it, it's too real at that point to where I can't interact with it anymore because probably of my own insecurities, really. I mean, if we come down to, to what that really is. But rather than forcing myself to go through that process. And it's a time sucker anyways to listen to something I've already done, you know. Um, I'll just, like, let that go and be like, that is, that is what it is, you know. And I think that's a lot of times, and we might have been talking about this before when we were talking about creative blocks, because a lot of times the disconnect is that we have this ideal in our head and this inspiration and this, you know, creative idea. But when it's manifested in a tangible reality, that ideal is never going to look the same in in real life. Right. And so there can be a disillusion that happens there because it's like, but I have this image, yeah. but this is the reality of it. Which I actually kind of like, to be honest. I like when things kind of come out differently. Yeah. I mean, I think what it is too is for, for me, like I think back to times when I worked really, really hard on something and and didn't feel like it was a, 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 a huge laborious thing. And, and then, and it usually has to do with like, it was somebody else's project. Mm-hmm. Like I give so much, if it's something I care a lot about and it's for somebody else. Like when I lived in San Francisco, I worked on the Green Party mayor's uh, campaign at the time. And he almost won. It was like really energized, this campaign. It was very grassroots. And I learned so much. I did voter registration. So I was out there in the streets all the time registering voters, like going to homeless shelters, telling people they could learn to vote or, or how they could vote. People didn't know they could vote. It was so cool. And I wasn't even getting paid. I was making money at this restaurant. That was how I how I made my living. But this was like every day I would get off work and I would just rush to the campaign headquarters because I just like felt so kind of yeah. plugged in. Passion project. There it is. Yeah. And then and it wasn't even weighted with like trying to make a living off of it. I just loved it. And then here comes right now where – I'm trying to turn this into, like, a career. I'm trying to think about maybe even applying to school and using this podcast and using my writing right now to kind of further my development. And it's all just for me. And it's, like, my story, my personal story. And when I put it out there into the world, um, it is – I mean, I love this. This is, like – I kind of wish I was doing a podcast like this that was more just a conversation. But mine's very heavily written and edited and – and produce and you know there's music it's very like orchestrated so as much as I like when it comes together like my first episode I'm so proud of it like it really came together and this this next one is too but it's like yeah I think I'm finding like feeling like I'm swimming upstream because I'm just I think I'm just exposing so much of myself and I and that the stakes are kind of high for me right now yeah and so there is part of me that sometimes I just don't want to do it I just want to give up and be like you know what it's chalk it up to another failure or disappointment in life. I'm just going to go work at Trader Joe's or, I don't know, or move to another country and teach English or something like that. I'm seriously considering these things. Like mm-hmm. I, I wake up and I go, do 
do I want to do this? Like, that's a big tackling something that's really scary and hard for me. Or do I want to just completely change direction and just escape it all and be like, bye. Yeah. I mean, that's literally, I have the luxury of doing that right now. I have some savings. Like, I really have a lot of options. But, but, but yeah, I know that I need to get grounded and I know that I need to follow through because that's one of my biggest challenges in life. And so for me, the the idea of purpose is not just what I'm passionate about. It's also that follow through, that, that, that um, process that I mentioned, like that, that like, how can I create like a workflow for myself where I'm really, I'm really working for myself or I'm my own boss, where I am my own parent. Where I don't need somebody to tell me what to do. I want to be able to tell myself what to do effectively. Yeah. And not just stay in bed all day. Not just stay in bed bed all day. Yeah. No. Well, that, okay. So this is a good segue into how purpose and motivation are very much tied together. And I do want to pull out something that you said earlier there when you were in San Francisco and doing that kind of grassroots on the ground thing and you'd go to work and then you would you'd clock out and you'd be like, all right, now I'm excited to go do this. You know, sometimes that purpose and that passion is not necessarily something we do for a living. Like that could be, Mm. that could be, uh, you know, your, your woodworking hobby. That could be raising your children. That could be cooking a nice meal for your family. And that gives you purpose every day of trying new recipes. And so there is just a different way of looking at it because and that's kind of why I wanted to tackle the subject is because, I mean, I feel it myself. It just feels like something that looms over you, like this purposeful thing. <laughs> um, but really, there's just purpose in all all these different things that we're doing. So it doesn't necessarily have to be tied with making money. Um, it'd be nice if it was that way. And especially for more earth, earthy people like myself, like having a Capricorn moon, yes. I My work and all the Virgo, I, I need my work and my purpose to be together. Like, that's just who I am. But that's not everyone, and that's, that's okay. So it's finding it in different ways. But to pull it back to the idea of motivation, now that we found our purpose, now that we found our passion, how do we stay motivated? How do we get out of bed every day <laughs> to do the work? Because it's like, you could know, you can know what the purpose feels like, because the purpose always returns. The passion always returns. You can't, like, that's what I've noticed when I ignore my passion is it's, it's just like a little child. It's, it's, it's the inner child. It literally is the inner child that comes up and like pulls your skirt or your pant leg or whatever. And uh, it becomes this internal emotional process that you have to deal with because it's not going to go away. You can't stuff your literally your like vitality down, you know, below because it's going to bother you until you get motivated to do right. what's necessary. Yeah, it's a holistic thing. Yeah, for sure. So what can, what's going to motivate us? Uh, that's the question. Um, well, I found this in <laughs> I found this like little segue of what makes motivation. Um, basically, motivation is derived from a need, and that's a very moon and lunar based thing because our moon and what it really speaks to your position too. If we're talking about moon and Gemini, Gemini is Mercury writes right. You have a need to write, mm. and that need then creates the motivation because I need to do it. I have to do it. Not the little child is going to be pulling on my my pant leg saying, you're not, you know, you're not doing this. And sometimes it's not even so direct. It'll be like, it's just unsettling. Like, I don't feel good. And like, because, you know, spirit doesn't speak to us in very literal ways very often. Mm -hmm. And so we have to kind of decipher that. Um, So we're going from the need 
which causes the motivation. And then once we're motivated, what's the next step? We act, right? right. That, that gives us the action to get there. Um, so I found, <laughs> I found an article. So I'm just like, okay, like steps to staying motivated. And of course, oh, one of the first, yes, one of the first things that pops up is like a, a Forbes article. Yeah. And I'm like Forbes magazine. I'm like, okay, <laughs> let's do it. Um, so we have seven steps to staying motivated. I don't know if I want to get it. May become a millionaire. Yes, yes. The, the, yes. Warning, you may become a millionaire if you continue to listen. <laughs> um, and I haven't told Rachel what these are yet. So okay. I, I'm just, I'm, I'm excited for her response. Okay, All right, step right. one. Mm. Step one is staying motivated towards your passion and your purpose. Set a goal and visualize it down to the most minute detail. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. Yes. Because we were talking about purpose is intention, right? Isn't that the, the very definition of purpose? Yeah. And so this seems like step one is very intentful. Are you a visualizer? Do you visualize the things that you, you want? It's hilarious that you asked me that because uh, it's, it's over there somewhere in the room, but I have a, I got a, a journal that I've been using a lot more and I find that I get way more excited about journaling if I actually draw little like icons and pictures mm. next to my to-do list. And then it's cuter to look back at it too. And you're like, oh, look at that little head of collard greens that I drew earlier. <laughs> I literally had on my to-do list. Like I wanted to use the leftover ham hock from uh, Thanksgiving. I didn't want it to go to waste. And I, I heard that you could cook collard greens with it. And so I had a big bushel of collard greens I bought, but it was just sitting there. Yeah. And I was like, no, I need to do that. And so I finally, yeah, it took, it was actually a two day process because you have to cook the broth like overnight. And uh, it sounds so silly, but it was like, they came out so wonderful. And I still have more in the fridge. Like I've just been eating them like every day. I can't get enough, you know? So they're really nutritious. I got to use some leftovers. Like, but yeah, I went down, I did go down to like, reminding myself to do it and then drawing like how do you draw a head of call? I grew I drew one from my idea of what it would look like and then I went and looked at the actual head of them and and I drew that next to it and so it was kind of yeah it's like a little fun that's funny challenge. I've been using drawing a lot for that actually I draw um just little kind of fun things that make me feel good too I love to draw old school telephones no I just <laughs> I just love them I love the aesthetic of them but they also <laughs> remind me to like Make calls and connect. That's with other funny. And we're back to the Gemini. I love the yeah. <laughs> the Gemini is always coming back. Yes. Well, so you visualize something or like actually drew it out. I mean, that seems even more powerful because it's yeah. like the visualizing is kind of in the mind's eye, yeah. but taking what's in the mind's eye and actually, you know, solidifying that in in a drawing. That's another very intentful purpose. And yeah. of course you were doing something that was more of like a two day thing. We're not talking about these overarching goals per se, but it, it works in the same exact way. So well, that, but, but there's sometimes when I make to-do lists to literally, like I literally put like take a shower on the yeah. list. Like well, I'll, I'll plan a day just from like, I'll, and those are some of my best days when I literally visualize like the night before mm-hmm. I go, okay, these are like all the steps to have a successful day. And I even, in my group therapy, I was just thinking about this today. It's so good that this came back. When I did group therapy in New York, there was a woman that wanted to start running. Mm-hmm. And she would never do it. She would set the goal and she never would do it. And then finally one day she realized that if she put her shoes with the socks in each shoe and the outfit to go running, like she set it all up the night before. So she, she would just, oh, she'd even go to sleep in like stretch pants. And all she would have to do is put on a sports bra and the top and then step into those shoes where barely awake and she'd go and she started doing it. And then I ended up doing that too. Like I would like prep 
the night before for like what I needed to do. The first thing I needed to do was like ready to go. Yeah. So I was just thinking about that today because I'm like, I need to start doing that again because it's like a really useful tool. So yeah. It, yes. It, <laughs> well, you're you're back. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, and that's. I mean, but we can also visualize. I, well, I feel like set a goal and visualize it. In, in da- down to the most minute detail. Right. Like, if we take away the to-do list or anything like that, or even setting out the clothes, you know, because we all go in, 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 well, hopefully we'll have time to meditate on something and kind of, because when we're in a meditative state, we can visualize certain scenarios. And I think that this might be a way to actually get in tune with what that goal might be mm. by trying on our goals through our mind's eye mm. um, and be like, okay, well, I think I want to, uh, I think I want to write a book. And so I'm going to go in and I'm going to set that intention and I'm going to imagine myself writing this book. Mm. I'm going to imagine myself sending a letter to the publisher. I'm going to imagine myself uh, getting a note back saying you've been, <laughs> you've been accepted, you know, all those types of things. And then, in that visualization process, being aware of how that makes you feel. I mean, in the minute detail, if we're going down to that detail, does it make you feel good? Are you excited when you get that letter in the mail in your mind's eye? You know, is it scary? You know, what does that feel like? Because I think that if we try on these different uh, intentions that we have, we almost don't even have to commit to it. But at that particular point, but if it makes us feel good, we are committing to it because the emotions are then uh, connecting with it through that visualization. In your mind's eye, like you said, it's kind of projecting into the near future and then it's like, it's leading you. It's leading you away. Exactly. And that's, that's yeah. the exact, that's the most important part, uh, I think, I of like what's that. being said. And I think that it's important to be realistic, though, like when it says to the minute details, like, because, you know, like writing an article is one thing, writing a book, I mean, there's a lot of moving parts. So you, yes. you have to do, you do have to imagine what it would look like to wake up every morning and where are you going to go? Where are you going to go to write? Where are you going to go to write? All these things. Those things yes. are important. That's what I'm dealing with right now is I'm like, I'm envisioning a life for myself of being a permanent full time writer. And I'm thinking, okay, well, what does my office look like? Like, seriously, like, that's a perfect example. Do I have an office? And that's that actually visually visualizing that caused me to last night look up uh, work comments, like uh, creative work comments, so that I could have a place to go because I'm really not getting enough done in my living quarters. Mm -hmm. So. So that's good. That's really, really good. All right. Well, yeah. it sounds like we're on the same page there. Right. So that was right. step one. Oh We've got God. six more steps to get through Holy here. Holy crap. So there's a lot of steps staying motivated. Right, I'll, I'll keep my commentary <laughs> a little more concise. All right. So step two, <laughs> make a list. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> step two, make a list of the reasons, the reasons wow. you want to accomplish the goal. Okay. Why do you want to accomplish the goal? Whoa, I don't think I've... I don't think I've done that that either. Like, I read that one, and I'm like, damn, Forbes, giving me something to think about. (laughs) Make a list of the reasons you want to accomplish the goal. So basically, you just said, you know, you make lists to get to the goal. Right. But are we making a list of why we want to accomplish the goal in the first place? Yeah. Huh. That's really good. It is. I'm puzzled by that one, too, and I don't even think I have comment. The only comment I have about that is that kind of plays into the idea that we were talking about earlier of what you value. Yeah. Because if you value something, that in that really should be the, the list of the reasons why you're doing it. You know what's funny you know? is I have been doing that in my head. I just haven't been writing it down. So I just started researching um, grad schools, but also there's a lot of writing residencies 
because I thought, oh, because I was thinking about the workspace thing. And I was like, you know, if I could just like get away, that could be a real, and be around a bunch of other writers, that could be a really great experience. And then also look great on my resume later for school or what have you. And so I started doing that, the why. And I was like, and then I thought of, I had visualized like a cabin or something. And like I said, like, yeah, that, how does it interconnect with other people that are working in my same field and, and observing their process or having access to mentors? Like, all those reasons were just lighting me up. I was yes, like, yes, that's your why. And I was getting really excited because I'm like, okay, this is great. And then the, the idea that it could someday maybe lead me to being a teacher or teaching other people my process once I, you know, really evolve it. Um, that seemed like a good why. Yeah. Like a really good, strong, long-term why. And it goes all the way back down to just me clicking some buttons and making a list of deadlines for the materials that I need to provide. Yeah. So let's get That's a good why. Sure. That's, I think that's a perfect example of it. Love it. Um, love it. Love it. All right. Yeah. So <laughs> step three, oh. break the goal down into smaller pieces and set intermediary targets and rewards. Oh, rewards. So it's the idea of chunking to not get overwhelmed. Because how many times you like, you like, I have this passion and you know, you feel the purpose to do something, but it's like, God, how am I going to get there? What's the next step? Like, oh, all I see is the end goal. What's all this middle about? Right. (laughs) Um, So we have to kind of like break it down, break the goal down. But I think the real key piece to this is the reward system. Mm We have to have a something because it's like the carrot dangling on the stick. Like that's the motivation to go after something, yeah. right? You know, and so we yeah. have to have like the big reward is obviously the end result and what we're really sure. going to. But there has to be little rewards along the way that basically dangle that carrot over our heads long yeah. enough to reach where we're going, right? Yeah. I can give a really little example. Oh, I like that. Well, I just was <laughs> on this two-month-long road trip, Yes. Right? And um, there were times, especially on the way back, because my goal was to get to New York for my friend's birthday by a certain day. And, um, and also I purchased this vehicle, which was a very stressful situation. But I handled all that stuff. But I got to New York, and that was a huge reward for sure. Like, seeing my friends, I got to be part of this really cool performance and, you know, reconnect with all these, these, these incredible people and be in this vibrant place that I really dearly miss. Then came the time to get back on the road and get home. And I was like, God, it was really hard. And I remember like somewhere in like New Mexico um, after, you know, on my way home, I just saw this beautiful landscape, this incredible, just this, these mountains, not mountains, the cliffs, like the mm-hmm. multicolored cliffs. Oh, yeah. And then this train was going by. And I just said, I'm pulling over. And I think it was exit 44. I did that a couple of times where I said, like, the angel number. I'm like, yeah. 44, I'm just going to pull over here and see what's there. Because that's important to, to pull over sometimes. You know, this, yes. is, a weird, this is a metaphor. But it's also <laughs> it's so good, yeah. So pull over and just stop and observe where you are, and that can in itself be the reward. That, so yeah. I did that in this particular moment, and the sun was in a certain place. And I remember just like let the dogs out, and I literally just had like a solo <laughs> dance party, and there was nobody around. And I was just like, woo, and I was hooting and hollering. And I took some pictures, like I set up the camera to do like the, the you know, the capture, like the time, uh-huh. time capture. And mm-hmm. I, I jumped and flew in the air. and and I just had like the most, and it was like one of my favorite moments on the trip was literally in the middle of nowhere, just taking a moment for myself to just dance around and soak up the landscape and really just appreciate the fact that I had 
you know, set myself on this journey, hey, why not enjoy it? Why not just go, you know, instead of just going from A to B, like take time to just be like, yes, you did it. Like, yeah. Awesome. That's you know? ex- a perfect example of like, and a reward can look like that. A reward can look like a cup of coffee. A reward can look like pulling over and enjoying the sunset. Yeah. You know, it, there's different ways to look at it, but we have to reward ourselves in, in some way as we reach these incremental steps because, you know, that's, I think that's just part of the process, you know. We have we have to give that to ourselves. Like that's a that's a gift. Well, it's also it goes back to the idea that work working towards a goal or work shouldn't just be punishment. It should be like miserable. You yes. Know? Like you, yeah. It should be like these a series of accomplishments. Yes. You know? And luckily, so. if what we're doing, hopefully, if our passions behind it, it won't seem miserable because we want to. <laughs> but sometimes the process can get that way because depending on the type of energy you have, like I'm having Mars and Gemini, like I'm I'm getting in there, but you know, like twenty minutes later, it might be I might be clenching the seat trying to get through it because you know I'm just ready to move on or go to the next thing, um, yeah. and so that's where you know, yeah, yeah that's where no, the that's reward true. needs to come. That's where the that's. Good for me to remember yeah. right now because, yeah, the stamina. So yeah. I'm like, I just want to go well, there, and I do, but it's better to and yeah, if you get through a certain amount and then reward yourself with something. So let's pair the rewards with the idea of knowing your stamina. Because some people have more stamina than other people. Yeah. And if you're like, uh, you know, if you're like Rachel or myself in, in certain incident, incidences and you know you don't have as much stamina, give yourself more breaks. Switch up the energy yeah. so that you're you go on to another thing and then return to that thing. And so and that's yeah. where astrology can actually help you. And like especially knowing where your Mars and your Moon are because that's kind of uh, you know what motivates you and how you use your energy and your drive. And so if you don't have one that's as fixed in purpose, right. don't force it. Like give yeah. yourself more breaks, more rewards because that's what you personally need to get going. So everybody's case specific, I guess, right. is what we're saying here. Well, and really quick, very, mm-hmm. very short story, too. There, there is a painter and a collage artist I really loved uh, in San Francisco when I was living there. And and I just she did these huge scale uh, paintings that were really cool. They kind of looked like roller coasters. Anyway, but they were very, like, tedious. So you could tell it was, like, a lot of tiny strips of paper and a lot of small brush strokes. So, and I, I sent her, and she had so many. She was very prolific. I was like, how do you get all this done? And she said she had a dry erase board and she would, every hour that she put into working on something, she'd mark down a, a hash mark. And sometimes nothing would come. She said she would just sit there in her studio and that, she would consider that work just because if something would come still, she dedicated the time, right? Yeah. And then she said it towards the end of the week, if there were less than 10 hours or something, she would start saying no to activities that she normally would really like to do. So she created this system with herself where it's almost reverse, where, like, you don't get the reward is going out and socializing and doing fun things. But if you don't meet your goal, you don't get to go. go. So yeah. you almost kind of create that parental situation. And I thought that was a really smart yeah. way to do it. Because it is easy if you're just working for yourself or working on something artistic to go, oh, I'll do it later, I'll do it later, and then just go do other things. And the next thing you know, you never accomplish the goal that means so much to you. Yeah. And that's a great way of looking at it because sometimes maybe we have to reverse architect it in a way that works for us. And and that's really about tapping into your own drive and being honest with how you work and and then, you know, tailor making that to you. Yes. Step four, and I think we talked about this a little bit earlier. Step four to staying motivated. Have a strategy, but be prepared to change course. Ah, yes. (laughs) 
Yes. We did talk about that. Yes. Very good. So here we are, we're talking about adaptable focus. Mm. And so this is actually something that where Rachel and I might strive a little better at because we do have that adaptable focus. And it's like, okay, well, I can't change course. Uh, And where other people, if they are really fixed on something, like that will just drive them nuts. Yeah, it shakes the whole, you know, like, what's the point? Like, I'm not even doing what, you know, what I I give up. Um, So, yeah. So, we do need that strategy, but we have to be adaptable within how we're getting there, right? Yeah. Yeah. I was just thinking about um, one of my favorite things to do, which I would totally do for a living again if I I got the opportunity, is casting. Mm. I love casting. Because you read material and you're like, oh, I can envision this person. Like, Mm. you just envision this character. And then it'd be so fun because you're like, then you meet real people and you try to match that up. Yeah. But like sometimes you'd find, I'd find like the, what I consider the perfect person and they wouldn't be able to do it or they, they'd lose interest or something and you'd have to like find someone else. And, or you'd have to completely alter the role sometimes for like, because you, like a, a great example, the movie Rushmore, the, the Wes Anderson movie. Mm-hmm. Apparently that lead character, they envisioned as like a wafy little, like, um, they called him like, uh, they wanted him to be like an American Mick Jagger. They just like this mm-hmm. young Mick Jagger. They had this idea of this very English looking kid. And then somehow, yeah, they met Jason Schwartzman and he was totally different. And so they kind of reconceived the role and like, he, he's amazing. Like that's. That's, his, that's what you think of. Career. Yeah. That's what you think of yeah. in that movie is that kid, right? But uh, but apparently they auditioned like hundreds and hundreds of kids, and then they they met Jason. They're like, oh no, that's the guy. But we need to we need to change, change it up a little change bit. Change yes. minds around this this fine. So so filmmaking actually one of the things I love about it is it really can accommodate that. You know, if you if you are creative and adaptable. Yeah, that's a really great example because they had a strategy. Yes. But they found something that didn't quite fit within it, and they had to adapt to make it work. Yes. And then you can see the end result was clearly something iconic in the end. Mm-hmm. So step four, have a strategy, but be prepared to change course. Yes. All right. Step five. Oh, this is a hard one for us Capricorn people. Get the help you need. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Get the help you need. Um, and that's where other people come in because other people can not only help us remain accountable for our purpose and the intentions that we have, you know, checking in. That's why it helps for people like myself and like yourself that work as freelancers, you know, buddying up to help motivate one another. Um, yeah. Whether that's like a phone call every other day, like, how are you doing? What's going on here? Like, Rachel, what are you doing? What are you doing? Um, no, I have a friend that does that for me. She calls me, she calls me like every other day, actually. She's amazing. She's like, what are you doing? And just knowing what she says, I'm like, oh, sometimes I'll lie. Like, oh, I'm just heading out the door. I'm like going to the coffee shop, even though I was like still in sweatpants. Yeah. You know, but like, yeah, having a person check in is a really great when you're, yeah. when you're working solo, for sure. Yeah, so have people check in, or if you're at an impasse of the next step and you can't do it by yourself, that's when you have to ask for help from other people, you know, because something that might, some little hurdle that might be uh, throwing the stick in your spoke that's halting everything up, if you just made one phone call to the person that knows all about that or has the connection here or can give you the advice that you need or whatever that help might look like, then that, that hurdle is taken away and we can still be motivated within the the trajectory that we're on and the whole intention. Um, but sometimes it's hard to ask for help, especially if you're very independent people. 
sure. Yes. So I definitely struggle with that. Hand up in the air. So hey, you're kind of a one man band. I am a one man band. One woman band. One woman band. Um, and that's that's good for a lot of what I need to do. But there's just sometimes there are those things where you you just need help from other people. Um, sure. And it helps you get other perspectives, too, because I think we were talking about, I don't know if we were talking about that when we were recording or when we were talking earlier. We talk a lot. Yes. Um, <laughs> no, I can completely relate. When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, my podcast, I I was really, really stuck. And then when I returned to California after the road trip and, and met up with my producer, I mean, he's made all the difference. He really helped me figure out the structure. Now that I have the structure, I'm, I can work a little bit more independently, but I really did need to bounce and ex- explore and try things out with another person yeah. in order to find the format kind of it was like it wasn't it was too it was too nebulous before yeah so it's kind of like help in the moment for it doesn't sure. have to be help forever no it's more about it, it, when there's the block or the motivation yeah. ends or the next key the piece of the puzzle is not there that's when we want to reach out and get the help we need so yeah. that we can stay motivated and we're not stuck at that impasse Oh, and I must say, this is a really important moment to carry this in therapy, dude. It, like, helps so much. Like, if you're, I mean, you might think we're talking about ask for help with a goal, but sometimes, like, you can't even start to get to your goal if you're all scrambled inside your brain. So, like, having another person that isn't necessarily your friend or a colleague or anyone that's going to judge you that's paid to just listen to you and is trained to kind of, like, explore the deeper you know, aspects of what's going on with you, that can just really change things up a lot. Yeah. I love, I feel so lucky. I have a great therapist right now, and she's really helping me work through a lot of stuff. Well, good. That's, yeah. you, you got the help you need. <laughs> Step five, check for Rachel. Um, uh-huh. All right, so we have two more steps to go. There's a lot of steps. Um, <laughs> all right, sixth step. Predetermine how you will deal with flagging motivation. <laughs> So flagging, flagging, flagging means, well, it's dying motivation, basically. Mm -hmm. So we all know what kind of gets in our way Mm -hmm. with motivation, right? You know, and I think that's what (laughs) I think that's what this step is saying is that predetermine what that is because you already know what it is and be prepared for that. So maybe it's such as like what we were talking about earlier with staying realistic about our energetic drives to begin with. You know, if you're this type of person, then you have to kind of work within these realms. Otherwise, you might be pushing yourself too much, and that might be unmotivating in the end. Um, And I like how they wrote in this article how you can become like the adage of never giving up by when you're in these moments and your motivation is is flailing a little bit. And they're like, think about uh, someone battling cancer or fighting for their life, like life and death situations. I was like, wow, that's morbid. But there's truth in that because yeah. that person's fighting tooth and nail just to stay alive. And mm. I I don't have the motivation to, you know, write this song. Like, <laughs> you know, it's just made just contextual thinking, I think, yeah. uh, to get that kind of never give up type of don't give up. Well, there's that awesome Dylan Thomas poem that's rage against the dying of the light. Mm. Do not no. go gently into that the, oh, dark night. Rage, no. rage against the dying of the light. So it's like the idea is like, you know, a lot of people when they're older, you know, they, you notice like when someone's spouse dies, uh, they often die afterwards because there's a real will. There's a will to live and a will to yeah. survive. And if that goes away, people often do decline very quickly. Whereas if they have 
a reason to keep going, you know? Yeah. So that's, I think that's another really important factor there is like, if you're losing motivation to just kind of take stock, like make a gratitude list maybe, and just think of all the things that you're thankful for that you have. And that kind of helps maybe give you more extra strength to kind of like take the next step. Yes. No, that's, that's a very, very good point. And cause it, 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 yeah, that, that, idea is motivating us if we're listening before looking at like wow this person's fighting for their lives you know i need i need to be grateful i'm in the position i am in to make all to make this happen and to carry on this intention and this purpose that i feel inside yeah um so yeah and also too though i mean sometimes giving up is actually okay that's well we have to realize and that's what i was going to say in in the next one (laughs) so let's not jump ahead but we are going to touch on that point Right. Because to be able to effectively to get throw to exactly yeah. because yeah. Uh, sometimes that towel is really yeah sometimes that towel everything. stinks and yeah. it needs to be washed <laughs> yeah. for good um, yeah <laughs> just frayed on the edges yeah uh, well and, and I know this because having Mars square Saturn in my chart for people that are astro nerds out there um, there is. There is a drive and a frustration at the same time that will keep you going um, and not giving up, even when you should. But we'll we'll get there. So, but we're almost there because we're at the last step. We've made it through our seven step system oh my God, here. The view is beautiful. For Are me you here. feeling motivated? I am. Um, all right. So, step seven. Our final step is continually check in with your reasons for carrying on. Um, yes. It goes back to those that list of reasons. Yes. Like and the adaptability, too, because it's like sometimes your goal has shifted and you're like, wait, why am I still doing this when my goal is now this? Yes. Perfect. Perfect mm-hmm. example. Um, they all work together. Yes. Because, and that, yes. So that speaks to the, uh, to the values that we're talking about earlier, you know, because if you aren't valuing what you're doing any longer, there's no, or you're not finding value or worth in putting your time and energy into that thing. Um, then we need to give up, right? You know, like that, if, if, if it holds no purpose for us any longer, uh, on a, on a soul level, and it's not like dire, like maybe there's some things we have to keep up with, for financial reasons or whatever, and then we have to, then we can morph our situation to what it is. But when we're talking about passion projects and intention and where we're, you know, these overarching uh, goals in life, if you, if the passion isn't there any longer or, you know, it's just doesn't float your boat like it used to, there's, why carry on? Because there's something that will do that for you once you let that particular thing go. And I, so I think that's what continually checking in for the reasons of why you're doing it. Because, you know, some people are so focused and fixed on what they're doing that, you know, they've done it for so long, they don't even know why they do it anymore. Right. And, you know, when I worked at Hay House, uh, for those that don't know, I worked at a a self-help spiritual publishing company called Hay House for two years. I was a call screener for the talk radio. And we got a lot of, most of our callers are women, but quite often we had a lot of calls about purpose, actually. And, And I remember distinctly quite often certain women would call in and say, you know, my focus was raising my children and now they're out of the house. So we got a lot of empty nesters being like, what the hell do I do now? Because they had put all their passion and energy and creativity into like raising these amazing human beings. And then they did their job. The kids were out and off living their lives. And they were like, okay, who am I? So, so that's where I think almost you don't even necessarily have to give up necessarily as much as maybe you just need to morph it or shift it or put, put a 
like hidden things. I've done that before where like I've, you know, I left San Diego for a long time and it's not like I was like, I give up on San Diego. I'm never going back. But it's like, now that I'm back, it's kind of nice. Like there's, you know, connecting with you, working on things with you. There, there's ways I think to just like walk away from stuff for a while. If it's not exactly serving yeah. you or like, like when I moved away from New York, I got a lot out of living in that city for 11 years, but I knew it was time to walk away. And I, I'm not going to say that I'm never going to go back, but it wasn't serving my overall goals. Yes. And so. it's at this point in time. Yeah. And I think that really speaks to uh, step number four when we were talking about have a strategy, but be, be prepared to change your course. Right. Um, yeah. yeah. And sometimes that course changes in the middle and sometimes that course changes at what is seemingly the end of the road, like the empty nesters where it's like, okay, my children are gone. This is the end of the road of rearing my children. Right. There, there's, I have to accept that. So like, I can't, yeah. you know, now I must redirect my focus into something else. And then we can basically start all over again with our list here if we wanted to go down, you know, from incubation of what that purpose um, is. Um. But uh, it had another interesting point uh, as far as carrying on, not so much so from the giving up perspective or redirecting, uh, but sometimes we need those reasons to carry on when we're dead in the middle of the goal. Um, And especially if we are feedback-driven people or people that need recognition, which I am definitely one. I'm I'm one of those people. I'm not going to lie. I need people to be like, hey, that's a good job. You're doing great. I like what you're doing. Oh, my God. Yes. I've been performing for love my whole life. Yes. Hey, look over here. Yes. And that speaks to Leo energy for for all us Leo energies out there. Yes. Um, But what they were saying was that a lot of times when we are doing our own thing and we're putting our intention and our purpose and our passion out there, we can encounter criticism where people are like, what are you doing? Or why are you doing that? Or I don't like what you're doing. Or that's not as cool as I thought. Or like just little things, you know, especially if you're sensitive and kind of water-based creatures like myself. is like little things like that, just a little bit of criticism from someone can roll, it's like a roly-poly bug, just roll up in a ball. And I'm like, okay, I won't do it. I won't continue any longer because that one thing was like the, the ending point for me <laughs> for some reason. And so I think continually checking in with your reasons of why to carry on also means that in those critical moments, where people might not understand what you're doing or why you're doing it, um, is to be your own cheerleader. Because yeah. sometimes that recognition needs to come from within ourselves because this purpose and this passion is internally driven. Right. Um, and sometimes that recognition or that outside criticism is going to be detrimental to the process if it's not in a favorable light. Right, or sometimes, too, like, people to really appreciate something or be on board need kind of, like, a proof of concept. So sometimes you have to just kind of, like, put yourself out there and just try something or do something and permit yourself to fail or do it in an incubated way, like, where, yeah, where not everyone is needs to chime in about it. You just have to have the, the confidence to experiment with it and see if it works. And if it does, then you can start to show people and say, look, it works, I tried it, look. And people may not, you know, like... People think I'm totally nuts for having this van. I have questioned myself. Like, I I went all the way across the country and bought this gigantic Sprinter van. And uh, I'm still like, okay, what exactly am I doing with this thing? So it's like, yeah, you have to just kind of believe in yourself and say, all right, well, I something in me really wanted this. And, like, I'm going to make the best out of it. I'm going to make it work. 
Yeah. But yeah, you do have to cheer yourself on because yeah. people aren't always going to understand you know, what you're doing. Really yeah, good. exactly. And you may not even understand. Exactly. You have to get there yourself before you can convince others. <laughs> yes. To get along, to go along. With yes. So yeah. Sure. So basically, marching to the beat of your own drummer, basically, uh, to so some extent. It's that sweet goal. spot, right, where you're like, you're confident in yourself, but then checking in with people maybe that you trust. Yes. Or, or you trust their opinions, and and uh, you have the kind of relationship where they're not, you're not, you're not going to, um, their opinion's going to feel, feel you, it's not going to, like, take you down. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I mean these can be opinions of society too, because a lot of times it not, might not even be a direct opinion or criticism that comes our way, as we have these um, understandings or of the structure of society and what's capable and what's possible in life right. and, and stuff like that, and so that can create internal. Uh, criticism because it's like, well, why would I go do this crazy thing and build this commune of hippie people yeah. <laughs> uh, when society frowns on that? You know, it's just the sure. things like that. So it's yeah. like that as well. Well, and I just, you know, like I, one of my favorite musicians is uh, Sean Marshall of Cat Power. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just saw her perform here at the observatory and it was one of the most beautiful performances I've ever seen. She was like backlit, so she was kind of like in shadow. It was like all the focus was on the musicians and her voice. It wasn't about like the spotlight being on her. It was just really about the music and the performance and it was really moving. But at the end, something that struck me, she, she kept saying, please, please don't be as hard on yourself as I am on myself. Mm. She kept saying that. And I thought it was like really interesting because my friend was like, well, maybe the reason why she's at where she's at is because she's been so hard, hard on herself. herself. <laughs> so it's like kind of like what came first, the chicken or the egg. But I think her message was like, you don't have to torture yourself to like get to where you're going. Yeah. You don't do that, you know? And it was like, it was kind of amazing because I feel like she's come such a long way as a musician and a performer. So yeah, we should, we should listen to her. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> yeah. I, I could definitely take a, a note out of that book well, <laughs> for sure. Us, especially creative people are really, we're really hard on ourselves. Yeah. You know, yeah, so, we, we you are. Know I am. And I know it's very self defeating. Yeah. And so we don't want to do that. We want to keep, we, yeah. we got to cheer ourselves on and give us the reasons to carry on. Yeah. And so basically, the whole idea of these seven steps to staying motivated what, it is essentially setting up this bigger picture. And that's what we're trying to do here, especially with Sagittarius season. Yes. We're literally seeding a new moon in Sagittarius right now as Rachel and I talk. <laughs> um, so, you know what I'd love to add though? That I think number eight. Uh oh. No, I think it's good. <laughs> How often does a friend of yours or somebody just call you up or, or, or see a person to say, you know what, you're doing a great job? <laughs> or, or just somebody, you know, I think paying it forward can be really great. Mm, I, I try like to that. do that. I try to see the good in my friends or the people around me and say, like, wow, that's amazing. What a great job. And just, like, really try to encourage other people because it's kind of like do unto others as others would do unto you, Right. Like, I think that if you become a pillar of your community and supportive of other people, it will come back to you. I've noted, I've noticed that happens for sure. And that's one of the things that really motivates me is like to just pay attention to what's going on around me and say, God, that person worked really hard and that came out really great. Like, I need to just let them know that. Just to kind of cheer them on. And and I'm not doing that so that they in turn come and pay attention to me. But it's like, I just, it's just a good feeling. Yeah. Kind of like. Cheer acknowledge on, that. Acknowledge yeah. and cheer on people that are taking on difficult projects and working hard and, yeah. and maybe are are, are not. I, we just don't hear it that often, you know? I mean, a lot of us hear criticism a lot from ourselves and, and from society. There's so much pressure. So I think, you know, if you can find time while you're checking with yourself to see what is, why are you doing what you're doing, 
you know, take a look around you and look at the people that are inspiring you and let them know. Let them yeah. know that they're inspiring you. You know. All right. Well, we just amended the list to eight <laughs> steps. So there'll be there'll be a new article being written uh, to Forbes here. Um, dear Forbes. Dear, dear Forbes, we have an eighth step uh, yes. we'd like to throw in there. But um, I and thought that was note, all good. On that note, you're doing a great job. Oh, well, thank you. You're doing a great job as well. <laughs> you're all doing great jobs out there. Yeah. We're doing the best we can, and we're that's doing, really it. Um. All right, so the last thing I wanted to say, and it actually ties into... Um, oh, 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 Stu's here. No, I think that's just the mailman. Okay. Yeah, so. False alarm. Okay, <laughs> so. Um, this actually... The whole reason why I'm even suggesting this is actually a chain of actions that were started by Rachel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know. You'll, you'll like this. So I don't know if you remember um, when you were working at Hay House and you were doing the, uh, the one day you needed people to call in. Oh, yeah. That's right. <laughs> she's like, she reached out to a couple of us and she's like, can someone call in? And like, the new show, oh, we didn't have any callers. Yeah. Didn't have any callers. And it was this one guy. J.B. Glossinger. J.B. Glossinger. And if I called in, I would get his book, um, which was uh, six... Six steps to God. I can't even think of the name right now. Um, it's like six steps personal power. Or something yes, like that. it's got six steps, and it's <laughs> JB Glossinger. Yeah, and, it's about personal motivation. Yes, and finances. I'll, stuff. Yes, and so I'll about. get the link on my Astro blog. But okay. I went through the, the interview. I did what the hell. I got the book a couple of weeks later, and I was like, this seems so purposeful to me for some reason that all this happened. And as a Mars and Gemini, I'm not one to read a book all the way through. Like, I'll literally make it to the halfway point. I can't even <laughs> tell you how many halfway markers are in every single book I own, <laughs> um, especially, especially with fiction or anything along those lines. But I decided that I was going to read that whole book. Because my number is six. I, I'm a six, uh, numerologically speaking. I was yeah. like, this speaking to me. Anyways, there's one particular thing that I really got out of that book. And uh, I want to pass it on to everyone. Um, and I pass it on within certain consultations I do, too, depending on uh, what the person needs at that moment. But what he had suggested... And if you're struggling with what your purpose or that overarching life goal might look like, he has suggested to write your own eulogy. Ooh. Yes, and I did this. Well, I just got the chills. Yes, yes. Whoa. Um, and so these are for, this is an activity for people who need the bigger picture. Um, and so basically the, the whole strategy is to sit down and imagine... Uh, someone reading your you're going to write your eulogy as if someone is reading this out loud after after you die. And you know, once you die, that's it. So what are you leading up to this whole time? And like the pressure when I went to go write that, I was like it was really freeing, but it was also very daunting because I was like what am I going to write on this page? Yeah. There's I'm not necessarily committing to something, but essentially by just putting my wants and my needs and tensions all that out there, like, I started with a couple of first sentences, and then it took a step going. Before I knew it, I had, like, three pages. I'm talking myself up here. Um, <laughs> my eulogy literally started with, that Mel, how did she do it all? Like, <laughs> how did she do it all? Um, and I got a lot of things out of that. And basically, so, yeah, yeah, how yeah, how'd she, she do it all? all? Yes, there you go. That's my headstone. Um, and... 
so that you that is the process. You're going to write your eulogy. Uh, it was basically what your accomplishments were. What did you do in this lifetime? What are people honoring you for? That's step one. Now, step two is kind of the harder part, and it might not even look feel hard until you go to do it. But after you read that eulogy, or after you write that eulogy, you're then going to imagine the the service itself and read your eulogy out loud. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! And he even said in the book, he's like, "Oh, you might cry." I was just like bawling, like I was like, and, and I, I was getting emotional just thinking. Yeah, I wasn't even like. Ex- expecting that to happen. I was like, oh, I, I might cry. I might cry. But I started reading and no, it like, just, just things just come out. But well, yeah, she's tearing up. Well, <laughs> it sounds like this is a good activity yeah. for you yeah. as well. Um, and it does, it might sound morbid at first, but you know, as a Scorpio rising, I'm <laughs> not afraid to go there. Um, so, you know, give that a go. So if any of you are out there, you might even know your purpose, or you might be looking for that, or you might have a couple things on your plate and you want to narrow that down so that you can take these seven steps to motivation. Um, I think that this writing can help you, you get there. Sure. So, see, it struck a chord in Rachel, and she, <laughs> yeah, didn't, ex- yeah. she didn't even expect it. Yeah, yeah. That's how powerful it is, because seriously, yeah. like, that's something to think about it, because we well, think we have all the time think in the world. <laughs> You know, it's uh, like, I just, I'm 40. And, well, and that's basically all we're doing here is uh, we're encouraging ourselves to look at this time because we really don't know how much time we have. Like, that's a yeah. reality in life. Like, that's <laughs> there's a, there's uh, that's a guarantee in life is that someday you're going to die. And I don't want to be morbid here <laughs> about that. Venus is in Scorpio right now, so I can go there. Um, <laughs> but not knowing that, it doesn't matter what age you are, you know, because I have People listening to this podcast are in their 20s. Some people that are in yeah. their 50s, you know, like, it, it, well, we still have time. So, and I have a, an interesting quote. Let's make it purposeful. That could, that could <laughs> maybe help wrap things up. Yes. Um, there's a beautiful Portuguese song, and it, it's a Brazilian song, and it says, And what that means is, it means, it sounds very dark, but it's sadness never ends, happiness does. And mm-hmm. I think what it means, though, in the context of the song, it, it's basically saying that, you know, to be human is inherently kind of sad yeah. <laughs> because we all know we're all aware of our mortality and our loved one's mortality. Um, but there, that, that like awareness of that of that sadness becomes sort of like this beautiful like bass note to life. Right. It becomes mm-hmm. like this somber melody that's always underlying what you do. And then the happiness kind of comes and goes like in these waves and, and, and to view it that way and to have your purpose be like, you know, know that you're not all every day, you're not going to be on fire producing like incredible work, you know, or, or like, or making huge long strides towards your goal. There might be just small days when you make tiny strides or you're just happy to be alive. And so I think kind of keeping that in mind is, is important. Yes. I think that's a great way to wrap it up because <laughs> yes, it's, we have to keep that in context um, to not ask too much of ourselves, but also to get what we want out of life. And make a beautiful song. 
and to create a life worth living, like you, yes. we originally started this out as. So, the symphonic life of beautiful music. <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, we have plenty of time to make beautiful music, so we won't worry about that. Um, but. In the meantime, uh, let's di- let's diverse out of our, our morbid uh, eulogy talk here. <laughs> if you have time to check out Psychic Rehab, yes. it's on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, There's only one episode so far, but the other ones are in the works. Uh, yes. It should be out soon. So. Yes. Yeah. And that was best, basically my prompt of where you can find Rachel. Um and so I'll have that on my blog post, of course. And uh, if you go and take a listen, because it's it's interesting stuff. I thoroughly enjoyed the first episode. And you made music for it. And I made music for it. So uh, you'd be supporting both of us if you go check it out. <laughs> um, but yes, that's Psychic Rehab. And it's a great name. It's uh, <laughs> There's a great picture associated with it. Um, it has a lot of potential. So I hope that she carries on with what is set up here. No pressure. That's the goal. That's the goal. That's the goal. <laughs> That's my purpose. That's the purpose. Um, so, yeah. So, I'll have ways for you to go check that out. Now, in order to check that out, you probably have to go to check my page out <laughs> if I'm going to put it there. So, where am I? Well, I'm at energeticprinciples.com. You don't have a URL for your podcast yet do you uh no no that's okay figure that out <laughs> i do have i have had purchases haven't made a website yet. yes in progress <laughs> add that add that to the goals yes um but yes yeah, so you can find me at energeticprinciples.com um and also uh, access uh her podcast from there um and then also, I have my Patreon page as I do my weekly tarot subscription. And just to be clear, because there was some confusion uh, from some people that signed up, is I don't pull any cards for you. It's more of me setting up questions for you to pull them yourself, and then you you get the information. So I'm, it's just kind of like setting up a framework for you to pull cards and then connect with them yourself. Um and so I have that up, and I also do my moon horoscopes through there. So if you'd like to support me in the podcast and what I'm doing here, um, check that out. It's at patreon.com backslash energetic principles. Um, and, of course, I do readings uh, via Zoom anywhere in the world. So if you want to check that out, that's also on my page as well. The holidays makes a good gift. Uh, that's true. You can gift the gift, the gift of... Give the gift of readings. Reading, readings, of consultations, of chartage. Give the gift of helping someone else find their, their, their purpose. There you go. And me being like, you have to create that, but I'll help you get the little ways there. Um, I'm here to help. So, and if you like what you heard here today, because I mean... Rachel and I shared all types of interesting tidbits. Uh, you know, share it with a friend. Spread the good word. Uh, you know, and if you want to give me a nice... Uh, review on iTunes, that would help as well because that's how I get organically seen in this world because I don't want to pay for advertising. I just want it to spread on its own. Um, (laughs) Maybe it's my idealistic thinking here. Um, But anywho, well, I'm so glad that Rachel joined me here today. Thank you, Rachel. It's always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. We've been friends for like almost 20 years years here, probably like 18-ish 17, 18 years. Long time. Uh, since we were two, we've been friends. <laughs> Just oh, kidding. Yeah. yeah. I already revealed my age earlier. I know. The gig is up. We're old. No, we're not old. We're literally middle-aged. We are middle-aged women talking it out. Oh, yeah, yeah. I like it. <laughs> so cheers to all you middle-agers out there, any age that you are. Um, 40 is the new 
39. There you go. I know. That's funny. Uh, all right. Well, thank you again, Rachel. And uh, thank you for listening to us uh, in our long-winded Gemini ways. I totally appreciate it. Um, and uh, hopefully you'll be with me next week. Uh, so thank you for tuning in. And as always, may the stars be with you.